0: After 20 plus years of clinical practice and business coaching, after thousands of hours spent on doctoral research and interviews, Dr. Elizabeth Joy has concluded there are massive misconceptions about the world's elite. It's time to disrupt the archaic thinking surrounding professionalism and success, providing leaders with safe space to unpack the wins and woes. Now, let's join Dr. Joy for
1: Disruptive Discourse. Hello, hello, welcome back to another episode of Disruptive Discourse. Now today's guest, Ms. Jessica Sheely, I met at a recent conference that I was keynoting, the uh, Minority Supplier Diversity Council Conference. And I was speaking about emotional intelligence and diversity, equity, inclusion, and um, great resignation and how so many people are leaving and honey we had a whole talk afterwards about some workplace trauma she experienced and it didn't really register to her as what that was until she was in my workshop and we literally cried together and everything like it was a thing right and so I'm super excited she's willing to join us today I am excited to see what she shares specifically because there are very few people i personally know who have actually taken a sabbatical and jessica has done that um it's a really cool story so hopefully she'll share that with us but i'm really just interested to hear what she'll share considering so many of us have had those funky workspaces um whether we realized it or not and uh, just to have that connection we had and her literally go into tears as she started realizing how much that experience affected her. It'll be interesting to see what she shares today. So let's jump into it. As you know, disruptive discourse is really all about disrupting the archaic definitions of success and professionalism. And I know that when we connected and some of your journey that you shared with me, I mean, to me, everything about it represented what the essence of this show is all about. But when you think about the archaic definitions of professionalism and success, what, what, what comes to mind for you? What aligns about what we're doing here on this show with how you live and how you think?
0: Wow, such a loaded question, <laughs> um, but one that <laughs> I would say I have spent the past... Hmm, probably the past four or five years, thinking about unknowingly. Um, So I've spent, I've been um, an entrepreneur for seven years, um, five of which I worked full time. Um, So even though my passion, um, it was always there, it was treated sort of like a side hustle, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, until the year of the pandemic and, um, before I became a full-time entrepreneur, I felt myself, um, on the, always on the edge of disrupting, um, what professionalism traditionally was defined as, um, you know, I went through various stages where I felt like I had to tone things down about myself physically, um, you know, my personality, just not feeling, um, all the way confident to walk into a corporate setting as myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it wasn't until I took, uh my, what I call my second big leap into entrepreneurship full-time that I really started breaking down those, um, those phantom rules, phantom beliefs in my mind about what professionalism is. Um, and even after leaving a corporate setting, I still have to work on those things within myself. Um, and just having those internal conversations, knowing that, you know, my mind, um, has nothing to do with the way that I look and the way that I show Mm. up. Um, and that I am a professional um mm-hmm. Because of my attitude, because of my confidence, because of how seriously I take my business and the mm-hmm. work that I do, um simply because I'm a person that does what I say I'm going to do, <laughs> and so that makes me professional, especially in this day of um where we we where we are, and our customer service is um sort of a fleeting idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just getting someone who who does what they say they will do is critical. Right. Um, So, man, I mean, I kind of hopped hopped around there, but um, just kind of touching on some different thoughts about what professionalism is and um, just believing that I am a professional as as I am my authentic self. I am a professional. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, girl. So talk to me. Let's double click already. Okay, you said (laughs) you were in the space and there were things about how you talked, how you walked, essentially uh, how you looked that didn't align with what folks definition of professional is. So tell me more about what you think they thought or think professional is and where that was Mm -hmm. conflicting with what you know to be true or how you show up to it.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, straightening my hair for interviews, mm-hmm. um, sure I making loud, sure that I didn't have loud nail polish when I went, when I went to work. So, you know, I'm paying for my Manny and Petty, but <laughs> I'm also cognizant of what nail color I can pick mm-hmm. to not offend white counterparts or, mm-hmm. um, you know, to not be looked at as less professional um, in a work environment, Mm -hmm. um, thinking, taking a pause and thinking before I spoke to make sure that I didn't come off as an angry black woman, um, allowing in some cases, allowing others to take the credit for ideas that I had presented. Mm. (laughs) Um, you know, I think just, as a Black woman in this society, um, it's just this unspoken kind of um, rule that I was carrying around. And I use it in the past sense because I I can honestly say and thankfully say that I don't operate in that mindset anymore. Um, but yeah, just doing a lot of um, not not being true to my authentic self to feel like, I was fitting in to what was deemed as professional
1: mm-hmm.
0: um what others thought professionalism should be.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Man, it's it's crazy how showing up and so often you know the definition of professionalism is also laced with certain expectations that you be, you eccentric rather than professional. And I think that's one of the biggest disruptors is not to align a certain ethnicity or race, right. With what is considered professional, but it's really going beyond that. It's, you know, it seems like everyone who is outside of the box in color in sexual um, preference in anything, right? It's like, hey, we, we know what we're doing. We have the skill sets. We deserve to have an opportunity. And it's really interesting now that the uh, many of the corporate organizations are desperate to find employees. It's funny how suddenly folks are more open to other folks than they've ever been before. <laughs> and here we've been all along with degrees and skill sets and all kind of good stuff ready to go. Yes. Um, but, you know, I'm excited about the, the, to be alive for such a time where disruption is almost like an expectation now because i life. And, and for me, I've, I worked really hard so that I could show up a little more like myself, right, and be able to do it my way, but also be good at what I do and have folks see that, right. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, you know, it's funny, no, no matter how much you've worked on yourself, and being good with it yourself, it's just always refreshing to hear that someone else experiences that and I want to ask you you shared with me I I don't know if you use these terms or maybe we did but I remember you sharing with me when we talked an experience you had with a former employer and realizing this is a term I use that I tell people you can be in a domestic violence relationship with your employer and people always freak out because uh if if you're not familiar, you can, domestic violence isn't necessarily about physical violence, right? It's about mm-hmm. patterns of control. It's about cycles of, of toxicity. And, you know, I've had many conversations with folks who are saying, my goodness, like I didn't realize it, but I, I was in this really toxic relationship with my employer. And I recall the conversation we had um, several months ago in which you shared that. What can you share with, with me and our guest about that experience? Yes.
0: Wow. So um, two different employers, two um, experiences where I would say um, I kind of went from one bad relationship to another. Um <laughs> And, um, you know, at the time I was thinking that I was going to, um, you know, greener pastures, but, um, it turned out not being a, um, a good situation and, um, gosh, just, oh, the backbiting, um, you know, I have, I went to work, um, it was around the time of a holiday season so um you know I'm thinking that we're leaving for the holiday break on a good note. I come back, I'm presented with a performance improvement plan and I'm like, "Wow, like without any sort of verbal conversation, heads up, um, you know, just a write up." Mm-hmm. And um it went south because I stood up for myself and I mm-hmm. said, "I'm not signing this. I'm not signing this." Um this is not an accurate reflection of what I'm bringing to the table. Um, you know, so I had to come back with my, with my notes. Um, but I was again, deemed as an angry black woman. She stomped the halls and, you know, with her heels on and mm. I'm just like causing a disruption in the workplace. And I'm like, really, ma'am? Like you can talk to anybody that I know. Um that they would say that is totally opposite of my character. Mm -hmm. Um, And me being in the marketing space and the branding space, um, it was just really, for me, it's like, don't come at my character that way because this is my whole brand. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, who I represent. Um, The spirit of excellence, making sure that I get my job done. And so it was just something that came totally left field. Um, But also something that came about, I do believe because I did not, um, you know, fall into the status quo or do things inside of the box, the way Mm -hmm. typical, um, I think people in leadership expect of employees. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've always prided myself on creativity and thinking outside of the box. And, you know, particularly in that role, it was one that had to be invested in the community. And so, You know, I'm like, if you, if we are really truly wanting to make a change and a difference in the community, the community needs to see that change. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, there has to be a change on the inside of this organization to be able to show that change on the outside. And so I had, you know, I'm coming in with some ideas and, am and, and ready to work a plan and things just didn't work out that way but to then turn and attack character without doing a for me a, a good enough investigation you know having a conversation with me um, just making all of these assumptions was just not cool um, so that's just one instance of um, trauma that I experienced in the workplace um, you know I've been in other
1: Discuss this. I presented at the Ohio Minority Supplier Diversity Council's uh, contest, hey Doc, and I was speaking on emotional intelligence. Yes. Can you start this statement again? There was a use zoomed out and came back in. So the point you're about to make just started from the top, so we can have okay. a clean version of that. Yep. Okay. So, Jessica, I think when I presented at the Ohio Minority Supplier Diversity Council's conference and I was speaking about emotional intelligence as a key component to diversity, equity, and inclusion in real life in organizations. And I recall that there was something that I presented about that really brought up for you some realizations about your historical uh, workplace toxicity experiences was this the incident that kind of tied for you with the presentation that I made
0: yes it was I would say one of two
1: instances okay Okay. for sure so what stood out to you on that emotional we talked about emotional intelligence and some of the information that I presented in that conference was about um that when we look at the quote-unquote great resignation the number one reason folks are leaving organizations is because of toxic workplace culture. And within that was feeling disrespected, not being honored, organizations not being um, culturally responsive and inclusive. And that this ra- this reason for leaving is a bigger issue for folks than how much they get paid, which really speaks to the volume of how important it is for folks to be respected and appreciated. So, what was it uh, about all of that that kind of tied in for you, and kind of really? Because I think you, you, um, if I recall, you went on a hiatus after this experience to just start to work on yourself and pull yourself together. So, kind of bring me into that and share with our viewers that journey you went on, because. That's the other focus of this podcast and what we do in Joy Society and what I do with my clients is folks who are really invested in professional and personal development. I know you're committed. You can be, so tell us. Yes. So,
0: um, you know, around, I would say it was the year of 2014, um, you know, I had kind of reached a point in my life where I was striving for the quote-unquote American dream, you know, the 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 um, family, the job, you know, all of the things, and yet still really feeling unfulfilled, um, mm-hmm. you know, having to really work with myself just to get up and go into a job every day, um, not feeling fulfilled in that way. And I did take a a year long. Um, a gap year where um, I resigned from the job um, and I spent 11 months just traveling around the world um, and serving other people. And it was such a life enriching experience. And I talk about that experience a lot. Um, We went to, I traveled to 11 different countries in 11 months. So a, a country a month in 11 months time span. And I talk about that experience a lot Um, in professional settings because though it was not a you know a job where I you know went to a corporate environment every day um, it taught me so much about my life and it taught me so much on a human level about what's really important and um, you know how to show up every day and I think so many times it is this expectation to come to work and put different things in boxes, you know, you, you set your family aside when you come to work, it should be mm-hmm. all about this job and this environment mm-hmm. and what's going on. And that's just unrealistic to how life goes. We, we bring our whole selves to work each day. And so those issues come with us to work. Um, so that experience definitely taught me a lot. Um, but it also gave me the opportunity to pause and to think about um, how I wanted to return back to the States. And if I wanted to return back mm. to that environment that mm-hmm. I was in prior to leaving. And the answer was no, mm. <laughs> I didn't want to come back to that same environment. In fact, that is um, when I started my business. Um, it was at the end of that journey that I decided that I would come back as an entrepreneur. Um, now I did, you know, make the decision to go back to work after that time and, um, But it was always in my mind that I would be coming, you know, going back as a full time entrepreneur just because Mm -hmm. I had had not found a work environment where I could bring myself, uh, Mm -hmm. my authentic self to Mm -hmm. work each day. So, um, you know, and that experience that I shared about, you know, with that former employer, it proved that Mm -hmm. (laughs) it proved Mm -hmm. that, you know, To say you want creativity, you want, you know, people to bring their ideas and to think creatively, but you're micromanaging them and Mm -hmm. you're clocking their every move when they Mm -hmm. get in, when they leave and not questioning that, you know, I I didn't come from an environment where that was a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. there was high trust where, you know, you could work from home and your manager trusted you to get the job done. And, you know, if you don't get the work done, it's going to show because the deliverable is not there. So to go to a place where you're being clocked, time in, time out, it's like, and I'm supposed to be an executive on this team. Mm. That just didn't line up for me.
1: Mm. So I'm curious, you completed our True Success Evaluation, which we use in the Joy Society, and... We all, I also use it with my coaching clients. And I know, again, you do a lot of personal and professional development. With all of this you've shared and, and this journey you've been on for your both personal and professional development, curious what the experience was like for you completing the assessment and, and what stands out to you about what came out in your, your results? I would say it was eye-opening. Um,
0: for the areas that I were strong in, I knew kind of why, because of a recent experience with my health, um, that, you know, last month I spent nine days in the neuro ICU. And mm. so it really allowed me to not allow me to, but forced me to reset, um, and really to strengthen the spiritual components of my life. Um, really to take focus on my health and make that a priority, um, And so in the areas where I scored lower in, I could see, you know, I I don't get out as much as I would like to. I don't spend as much time with friends as I would like to, just because I've been um, ingrained and spending so much time building the business. Mm -hmm. Um, But it helped me to see, you know, to have those eyes open, like, okay, in addition to, you know, what's going on with my health that there needs to be more of a balance in place and more boundaries on, um, you know, work and play. Those things can wait. Everything doesn't have to be done in the same day. You don't have to work 16-hour days. (laughs) You know, it's okay to pause and go have some time, spend some time with friends. So um, it was definitely eye-opening and just highlighted some areas that I can improve on.
1: So, you felt like you were spending too much time on business? Yes. (laughs) After after completing the assessment? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I know it probably sounds crazy to say, but no, um... it doesn't. This is, this is. This is the struggle of professionals, business business yes. owners, and leaders. This is why we do what we do because yes. this is the struggle <laughs> of many. And I'm su- mm-hmm. so I'm interested that you were surprised to learn that about yourself. How what yeah. was the what was the process of like oh my gosh when you saw I your think results? It
0: was just like at the end, seeing the results and that bar graph and the numbers that were high, like the areas that were high, and then it just kind of slowly
1: goes down
0: into the areas that were low. Um, And social was like one of the, one of the low scores for me. Mm. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, if I, you know, I took a step back and I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, like I have friends, but I hardly even do things that are socially based. Mm. Um, When I, when I'm thinking about it, everything is, pretty much professional, you know, either I'm going to a networking event, or, um, you know, I'm working, but it's never anything just for fun. And Mm. so I'm like, dang, (laughs) like, we got to work
1: on that. That needs to change. That needs to change. I love that you grabbed that insight. And I'm curious, I think you had really high spiritual rating. Yes. Yes. Do you feel like that high spiritual rating prevented... doing well spiritually, you're feeling well, you're feeling peace, right? You're feeling connected. Do you think that having such a high spiritual rating maybe had you forget that there are other pieces? Because you know, you ask anyone who's religious or spiritual and they're like, yo, that's everything, right? But just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, You know,
0: that's not something that I initially thought of, but now that you put it in that way, I could see how It could potentially be Um, just because I do. I'm a person that does feel fulfilled with self. Um, And it's not that I don't want to spend time with friends. It's just something that I have to make a concerted effort to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say that I don't have a good time, but it's a comfort zone in, um, you know, being in the house or being by myself. And so I'm just introverted in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but it takes more of an effort, like I said, to, you know, reach out or to make time to do something fun. Um, I'm also a mom. And so that could also be a reason why just timing (laughs) wise, um, (laughs) if it's not work related, then it's taking care of my daughter and my household. So, um, that was just like an aha, like you schedule time for everything else. Um, start scheduling time
1: for fun. Yes. I love it. I love, yeah. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. So yeah. I'm curious, what do you, how do you define success? And perhaps you, your definition may have been adjusted since you completed the assessment. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I think it is um,
0: something that is actively being adjusted. Um, prior to this success for me was all focused on business, um, financial gain Mm -hmm. and, um, really after this experience, both, you know, the medical experience that I'm currently actively going through, um, success for me is defined as, um, just making sure that i'm and i don't want to use the word balance um just making sure that I'm conscious of what I'm doing from day to day and that I'm not spending too much time in one area as opposed to another um you know for example, when I was released from the hospital, I hardly gave myself any time to really rest hmm. and it was. Kind of like both ways, like when I worked for someone, I think it it probably would have been easier because it would have been dictated to me you, got you know p t o yeah, you got p t o but you gotta come back this day, uh-huh, and um, having gone through this experience, not having those boundaries, there were it became boundaries that I have to i had to self impose upon myself, um, and I realized then too, like oh this is different um, because I, you know, I was down a week, but then I'm like, I have all of these things going that these balls that I don't want to drop. And Mm. so I kind of push myself to get back in it, get back in the game, coach. And, um, but physically I could feel that it was probably too soon. Mm. Um, And so just trying to, you know, think about, my life, being very conscious of how I'm feeling physically, um, and making sure that I'm honoring my body, honoring myself for me, that would be defined as success. Um, that it's not all based in, um, winning, you know, winning awards or financial gain in business, but just making sure that, you know, I'm being a good mom, that I'm being a good spouse, um, so I just I want to be a person that does well in in every area of life.
1: No doubt, I, I love yeah. to hear that again. That's what we're all about in Joy Society, and and that's really my life's work. And I love that you talked about the hesitancy to use the word balance. We we talk about work life harmony, right? And and that yes. the word balance is actually a bit um, let's tricky, right? Because it yeah. it it sort of indicates or or presents an assumption that things are even, but it's really not about it being even. It's about knowing when uh, certain areas or spheres we call success spheres need to be, have more attention. Uh, and obviously mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you've got to spend more time on your, your physical health success sphere, right? Yes. But even in completing your assessment, the social piece, because really we, I think we, we oftentimes forget how, our social experiences and our friendships contribute to our overall well-being. The mm-hmm. big F word, and that's fun, right? And so mm-hmm. I think too as business owners and and I can relate that you don't have those automatic boundaries and you don't have I mean you can work seven days a week, three million hours a day, even though there's only 24 in them. I always joke with people my my boss she's a real toughie. Um, And she is me, (laughs) right? So I'm trying to become a better boss to myself and and thinking about, like you said, the boundaries with self, because we oftentimes talk about setting boundaries with others, but a lot of times Mm -hmm. we need to do better with setting boundaries with ourselves. So I love that you're bringing up just understanding and recalibrating what you think about when you think about what success looks like in um, negotiating all these areas of life and really Again, I think some people listen and will say, well, you've got to grind it out to get to a certain level. And I do agree with that, especially if you're starting your early, your early years of business, or maybe even if you're in a degree program or whatnot, there is definitely a level of sacrifice that has to happen. But the question is, how do we know where that line is? And sadly, so often it's a physical health scenario, which I'm I, I think for you, this was probably... Uh, genetic right or but it could have been stress too what are your thoughts on your physical health situation and how much your grind if you will contributed to that
0: yes I think it is probably a combination of both I do have a family history of um aneurysm survivors in my family my mom and my eldest sister um but I also think it is stress that added to it um because stress is, you know, as they say, is a silent killer. And I experienced that, you know, you, it's not something that you can see, but you can feel it. Um, and even just like, even post, um, you know, post being released from the hospital, um, I took a call like the first week of being, um, out and, um, it was just something that I, I couldn't miss. Um, and after it, I felt like I had just ran a marathon and I'm Mm. like, whoa, like, okay, this is too much too soon. Mm -hmm. Um, and it even caused me to just assess how many calls a day that I take moving forward. So maybe Mm. you don't need to pack your schedule with six discovery calls a day. You know, that's something, how do you, how do you feel when you get off of these calls? So it just, Caused me to be more conscious of, of how I plan out my days, things that I say yes to um, learning to say no to some things, not feeling like I have to seize every single opportunity that comes my way, just being more confident that what's for me won't pass me by. Um, So these are things that I'm constantly talking to myself about on a daily basis, because um, it's new for me. You know, I think having, such poor experiences in a corporate setting, um, really, you know, and I've talked to you about this, Dr. Joy, it it did something to me. It made Mm. me second guess myself as a professional. And as a result, I do believe that I put myself in overdrive Mm. trying to
1: prove that
0: I am worthy, trying to prove that I'm not a slacker, trying to prove Mm. that I am professional. And as a result, I ended up in the hospital. Um, Hmm. And so I do believe that it was both, you know, genetically, but also stress that um, put me in that position. And so now I just have to actively, you know, put those boundaries in place for myself um, so that I don't end up back there.
1: Um, Cause
0: that's, you know, that's not what I want to do or where I want to be.
1: But one more question on that. I'm just curious. And if you haven't done this already, maybe you can take this moment to do so. When you think back to where you were and how you were living prior to being hospitalized, can you recall whether or not your body was telling you you were on team too much, as I would call it, prior to ultimately becoming hospitalized that perhaps now you're starting to recognize, you talked about listening to your body, that perhaps it was talking to you and you weren't listening before?
0: Um, You know, there were probably subtle cues. Um, The experience in and of itself was so dramatic that really it was for me the point at which an aneurysm ruptured in my brain (laughs) that I realized like, okay, something's not right. But as I reflect back, um, just thinking about my days, I would wake up not you know, not do any sort of self-care. Um, and for me, that does look like meditation. It does look like prayer. It does look like just being still. I wasn't doing any of that. I'm just getting up, getting on my computer, go. Going like
1: mm-hmm.
0: all the way until the end of the day. And not a five o'clock day. This is looking like a 10 o'clock night or 11 mm-hmm. o'clock night. And just mm-hmm. going, 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 trying to scratch as much as I can off of my to do list. And um, so that, you know, that's one example of me now saying, okay, I'm going to shut this computer down. <laughs> I'm going to take some deep breaths. You know, I started um, having therapy sessions and one, and one of them, she just had me to take three deep breaths and I just started weeping. I'm like, Oh my goodness. All mm-hmm. I did was breathe. But it was because I realized that I don't spend enough time pausing to just take deep breaths and just Mm. release. Um, So, you know, again, it is a lot of listening to my body. Um, If I'm feeling like I'm getting a headache now, then I will, you know, shut it down. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So it's just things that I would let go on that I would force myself to do prior to that now I don't play about because you know health truly is wealth and if i'm not here then you know this business it it doesn't mean anything i'm not here to continue on the work
1: absolutely well goodness Mm -hmm. jessica i'm so glad you're still with us and still here glowing yes i tell you i talked to you the other day i said goodness i don't know what you're doing but to be able to uh be be still really in the midst of this physical health challenge and be glowing through the phone the way you were and the way you are today it really speaks to i think the the intentional efforts that you've taken to really commit to your spiritual well-being and i'm super excited to hear that you're adding social to that so you're going to be you're going to yes. be fun and spiritually full so that should be a yes. really awesome life so before we wrap up i just want to ask any suggestions that you have for listeners for lessons you've learned that maybe you encourage them to think about or consider.
0: Yes, um number 1, burnout is real. Mm. <laughs> and <I> don't <laughs> yeah, burnout is is very real, but it's not a badge of honor. Mm. <laughs> it's not something that you should aspire to. It really isn't. Um You know before this experience i would hear like people talk about burnout and me not really understanding what it meant what it looked like and now i can Mm -hmm. i can say like i understand it i totally get it it is a real thing um but that's not something that we're striving for um so definitely look at other people's lives who have experienced that um as an example of what not to do Mm -hmm. um and then I would also say, um, you know, being your authentic self is professional. Don't allow anyone else to put you into a box of what it means to be professional.
1: <sighs> honey, got my glasses coming off. This metaverse, honey. Get the new goggles to come out. All right, listen. What did you guys think? I There's so much that stood out to me about what jessica shared there's like uh man I think one of the biggies is you know the realization of that that workplace trauma and how like for her to be courageous enough to literally just walk away and take a sabbatical I think she said 11 months 11 countries I think we could probably do a whole documentary um, but, man, I, A, that, that workplaces can be so toxic, right, to where you even need to make a move like that, but B, because I'm always focused on, like, what can we do about it? Because we can talk all day long about all the problems and all the people who are jacked up and all the things that should be fixed, but I always want to know what can we do about it. And so, I just appreciate that she leaned in and took that time to, to just make space for herself. So... Just something to note for us you know again so many of us are literally like being pulled by the leash of life be it your work reality or your parenting reality or whatnot so that was just like super inspiring to um to uh just think about what what that could mean to just take that kind of time and most of us can't take a whole 11 months but hey shoot two days is longer than most of us are doing right? Uh, The other thing that just stood out for me, of course, I'm a business owner. And so listening to Jessica share even her insight, her aha, right? So she took our true success assessment and she shared that like, holy crap, I just realized I don't make time for my friends, right? And so, you know, while I was listening to her, I, I think about my journey and, you know, as a business owner, you have these different parts of your journey, right? Where like you're in super grind mode. Uh, especially in that building. But then if you're a super hard performer, you look up and every mode is super grind mode. And so I know I can think back to beginning days where I barely saw my mom, you know, and you assume they'll be around later so you can get around to them. So I thought it was so cool that the assessment kind of helped her see that. And that's why uh, even within the Joy Society and all the work I do is about that intersection of work and dot, dot, dot. Work in life, work in your romantic world, work in your friendships and your social realities, work in your parenting, work in your spiritual reality, because they all intersect, right? And so we can get in those ruts where we're going so hard focusing on winning over here and then don't even realize this thing doesn't slip down to zero or maybe negative 20, right? So I think that was really cool. And hopefully that was a signal to you all to be thinking about what you're not thinking about, right? Because sometimes we just get caught up in, uh, even when we're winning, right? Successfully like meeting that goal, but like just because you're successful, you're not thinking about what's not necessarily going so well. And there are times where you literally shut down and you know this part of your life is not going to be focused on, right? But for how long, right? So something to think about. Um, and so especially my business owner people, you know, I think about these hashtags um, what is it um team no sleep and you know and no days off you know like those become badges of honor and so i think it's for, really important for us to think about how some of the things that really don't actually align with what we really want for ourselves become trendy right and you catch yourself in it and you feeling it and you feeling good about you know, team baggy eyes, like you're not gonna say that, but that's what team no sleep means, right? So just think about, you know, again, especially business owners, but all of my professional sleepers and business owners that are listening, how do we pause and just collect ourselves enough to really make sure that we're not going too hard in achieving one area of life or one goal or one success sphere. That we don't completely lose the other. And and I think back to even earlier days, I didn't even have a desire necessarily to be successful in other spheres. And sometimes, depending on where you are in the journey, it's just not, you know, it's not a thing for you, right? If you're younger, maybe you're not into romance. I know that was a slow walk for me. Um But other times it's like, yo, um it's probably time, right, for you to think about that. So As always, we welcome you to if community feels right for you, especially business owners, honey, we got to stick together. You need somebody to be like, okay, it's not just you. You feel crazy. Yes. Right. So uh, (laughs) feel free to hit us up in the Joy Society community, joysociety.com, perhaps as a business owner you're kind of moving through the ranks, you know, you're finding your way, but you know, as we all know, when you get to higher level success, you got new goals and and new things you got to learn. So perhaps coaching would be helpful for you. Um, my, my availability vacillates a bit, but we have some coaching in the Joy Society, but you can check me out on elizabethjoy.com to see if that might be a good fit for you. Certainly follow us on all of the social media platforms and absolutely by now you should be subscribing to this content. All right, y'all. Hope you learned something. Hope you got disrupted in a really good way. We'll see you in the next episode.